Bills Mafia was good to Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious, and you now tuned in to the Lowdown with Jake Jordan. Welcome, everybody, to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is The Lowdown. And if you're hearing this podcast, you know what that means? It's two days to game day, baby. And that means it's Friday, so it's probably your last day of work, and you're probably really enjoying it. The last couple weeks, I've been solo. And you know what? Solo dolo podcasting is great. I love just sitting around and, you know, just talking to myself. Sometimes it makes me feel like I'm a crazy person. But then when 30 minutes goes by, I'm like, man, I actually really enjoyed that because I feel like I got so much out. But one person that I love to have on the pod and many people actually are my family. And I always, always love it when I'm able to get them on. And joining me today is Adam. Adam is back. Adam, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm about finished with this uh, desk I've been building, and I'm uh, on vacation for the next week so I can go see the Bills in Buffalo with you, buddy. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. So for anybody who doesn't know, and I'm pretty sure I've said it on so many podcasts already, is that this week against the Washington football team will be my first time ever seeing the Bills in Orchard Park, and I cannot wait. Oh, my God. We're going to experience Buffalo And I think it's going to be absolutely awesome. The last time I was there, I think I was like 10. So I don't even remember anything. I remember going to see Niagara Falls, and that's about it. But uh, I don't know when the last time you were there, Adam, but it was probably more recent, and you were old enough to actually remember something. Yeah, uh, I went there back in – it's been a few years. I think it was 2016. Oh wow! So we still yeah, suck. Went to a game. Yeah, we weren't we weren't great, but we did win that day. We whooped up on the Jets. It was nice. Well, that seems to be a reoccurring trend for almost every team in the league nowadays. But <laughs> I, speaking of teams that we've whooped up on, Adam, and this is great. I was over at your house when we watched this game. Um, the Buffalo Bills did something last weekend, and oh, was it a beautiful something! Uh, if you wouldn't mind indulging me, can you just tell me how many points the Miami Dolphins scored? That would be a big goose egg, sir. Can you explain goose egg for maybe somebody who does not understand it? <laughs> Zero, nada, nil. <laughs> okay, so you're telling me they did not score one touchdown? They did not score a single point. <laughs> Didn't even kick a field goal? Didn't even kick a field goal. Wow. So you're telling me that the Buffalo Bills shut out the Miami Dolphins, who, if you ask anybody, anybody, they're a pretty good team, right? The Miami Dolphins are a pretty good team, if you ask some people. <laughs> I was hearing that they were gonna they were gonna take care of business against us. And I uh, Oh, I heard they, they were gonna us. take care of business too. Yeah. I heard Nick Wright speaking ill about the Buffalo Bills again, as he does, saying, oh, well, that Miami defense, ooh, 
Oh, <laughs> that pass, their rushing attack. Ooh, the Buffalo Bills don't have a rushing attack, so it doesn't matter. Sir, <laughs> I do not want to hear any disrespect. One, because he had a stupid ass tier list that said Chiefs 20 and 0. Yeah, see how that turned out for you. But also, the Buffalo Bills 35 and 0 the Miami Dolphins, who all last week were running their mouth that they were number one in the AFC East because they beat Mac Jones. And what happened to the Buffalo Bills? They got smacked in the mouth by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I talked about it. It's a learning experience. But then one of the Buffalo Bills come do? Well, they come out and they smack the Miami Dolphins because Josh Allen is a minority owner of the Miami Dolphins franchise. <laughs> and sources close to the situation have said that the Dolphins did not send Josh Allen a Father's Day card this year, and that is why they got 35 to zeroed. That is what <laughs> happened. I hear you holding back the laughs. So I'm not going to sit here and say that Josh Allen owned the Miami Dolphins because he didn't. If you look, Josh Allen, a lot of people are kind of concerned, Adam. Josh Allen went 17 for 33, 179 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. What do you think about that? Because a lot of people are saying, oh, Josh got the contract now, and now he's reverting back. Maybe it's the crowd noise. Do you think it's really that, or do you think Josh Allen is just, you know, shaking off some rust? I think there's a lot going on. I think that Josh is feeling a little pressure because he knows that this team is in the window and that this team is good enough to win it all on and I think that he is also shaking off some rust because he really didn't play a whole lot in in the offseason yeah and then on top of that he played probably what is the best front seven in the NFL if not top three and then he turned around against the Dolphins, and he faced a pretty damn good secondary. They're definitely tops in the league. So I think what Josh is going to have to learn is he is going to be what defensive coordinators game plan against. He is going to see a lot of very difficult coverages, disguised coverages. He's going to see a lot of uh, a lot of different things that he may not necessarily have gotten last year because last year teams were were not <laughs> expecting him to have the year that he had. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that Josh is just going through an adjustment period, and I think that, as we've seen in the past, that he's going to figure it out. And, I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but they were all over him with the camera and – Oh yeah, he didn't look. He didn't look very happy on the sideline. So I can tell you, he's he's probably just as mad as all of us that he's not playing the way we're expecting. But that's the thing. He's gonna he's gonna shake it off. He'll be just yeah. So I love that you brought that up because I see that photo passed all around. Bills Mafia. I think a good majority of us are just like, yeah, the dude's gonna be fine. We know what he can be. And honestly, if Josh Allen is going to throw around stats like this and our defense is going to be 35-ing to zero most teams, you know, I'm not so concerned because I know Josh Allen 
has it in him to be able to do what he did last season. He doesn't do what he did last season and then not be able to get anywhere close to that again because what he was doing last season was overcoming, adapting, and then absolutely torching teams. Now, a lot of people want to go and you know talk and say, well, it's because he could hear what the defenses were calling out. Maybe. I, I mean... I would think that still a good defense would be able to, you know, combat against that or over time if that actually was what was happening. Like, I think that Josh Allen is still a good enough quarterback to where he reads defenses better than Patrick Mahomes. I still think that that's the case. I just think that these first two weeks, one, the O-line look like a bunch of turnstiles out there. They look like literally the things you got to go through to get into the New York City subway, the way that the Pittsburgh Steelers were absolutely manhandling all of them, and they had to hold to save their lives. The second week, you see Josh Allen have to play arguably one of the best secondaries in the league, right? So... You say week one didn't have a lot of time, right? Didn't have enough time for our receivers to really make plays because one of the big things about our receivers are they're not super fast, but they are excellent route runners. So it's going to take them a little bit to, you know, especially in sticky man coverage situations or in zones, it might take them a little bit to get to that hole, you know? So like, I think that not having enough time played into that game. Second one, Dolphins are strictly a man secondary they love to play man they're super sticky and i think that josh just had a hard time because none of the receivers could really get open and i heard that you wanted to say something is there something you wanted to throw in there Uh, i was just gonna agree about the offensive line i think that's a, a big part of the problem because he's not being able to sit in the pocket comfortably and go through his reads and josh being josh is trying to force passes to make plays instead mm-hmm. of just taking what the defense is giving him and also taking into account that the offensive line is not giving him the kind of time to look deep and just looking short. And yeah, he'll figure that out. The coaches will get him in the film room and say, look, here, here was Cole Beasley standing right here on this one. You know, yeah. So. And he, he even brought that up. He said like, you know, you got to take the passes that the defenses give you. And he wasn't particularly doing that. He brought that up, especially in the Pittsburgh game. He just wasn't doing it because he was looking for the big play. And that was on him. And he brought that up. And, you know, we kind of knew that that's what he was doing. He was just trying to get the big play. But he didn't have enough time to do it, honestly. Mm -hmm. And then in the Dolphins game, uh, I'm going to say our O-line performed much better in the Dolphins game. Obviously, they're not going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, defensive line. But still, uh, there he had more time, and that's more evident in how well our rushing game did just mm-hmm. by looking at the – I mean, Devin Singletary, 13 carries, 82 yards, one touchdown with a long – it was the 46-yard touchdown. Absolute beauty. And then Zach Moss, eight carries, 26 yards with two touchdowns. Like, our our running game just got it done. And I think that – you know, he threw, he still threw it 33 times, but you know, that's lower than like last season. He was throwing it 50, 50 plus times a game. Mm-hmm. So I think that that coupled with, they also brought up that on Saturday before the game, when they were doing a walkthrough before they left, they talked about how, 
you know, they changed some things up for the game. Probably maybe that had to do something with the weather. Maybe like it really, I feel like this game coming up against the Washington football team against the secondary that doesn't have a bunch of names in it that you could really name off, but they're a Ron Rivera defense. So they're still going to be respectable. And, you know, I think this could be the game where Josh Allen finally puts it all together. I surely hope so with us being in attendance there. That would be the absolute perfect thing that I need to marinate is the defense being elite and then the offense getting back to where they were last year. But uh, just to talk about this Miami game a little bit more, when it came to Miami, one of the big things and big people that stood out were AJ Epinesa. My God, was that man flying all around. Our defensive line as a whole was just flying around. There's a picture of the Miami Dolphins offensive line having to triple team star Latulale. I mean, you like, and I touched on that in the, uh, uh, a while back about how important star is to the defense and nobody really realizes that he yeah. he he eats up people and that lets the D linemen get to work. He's a mandatory double team. Every single like like he was triple teamed in that photo, but every single snap, he is a bona fide double team every single time. It's gonna take a double team to eat that man fully up. So and just with that creates opportunities for our other guys. AJ Epinesa I'm super impressed with him, especially going into year two. He has more pressures on the quarterback in two games than he did all of last year. Like, yeah, he, he looks he looks like. I mean, we were we talked offline once about how um, they were talking about how AJ came in and was being asked to do things that he he wasn't, and they were messing with his he, weight. Yeah, that it wasn't yeah. what he did in college, and it was completely different than, you know, what he was used to. So mm-hmm. it took him a while to adjust, and and now he's back to being AJ. Yeah, he's and it looks like a lot of his game has kind of changed from what it was in college too. Right now, he looks a little bit more bendy. Like this defensive coaching staff has truly morphed him into the pass rusher that they want. And it's showing like you'll see here. He didn't have like a sack like he didn't. He doesn't show up well on the stat sheet. But if you watch the game, he was all over like he was the one pressuring the quarterback to the point where the other people were able to come in and clear like clean it up. Like, let's talk about it. Gregory Rousseau, two sacks in the stadium where he played in college at home Mm -hmm. games like. Yep. Two sacks for a rookie. He is going to win the defensive rookie of the week this year. Or this, not not this year, but this week. He will win it because of the performance he had. And he was cleaning up. Like, that's what you want, right? You want one guy on one side of your line to be able to pressure the quarterback, which is what we've had Jerry Hughes mainly doing the last few years, right? And then you need another guy on the other side who can clean it up and get the sack if the other guy can't pull the other guy down. And that's what I think we have in this line where we have Starla Tulele next to Ed Oliver, and then we have A.J. Epinesa across from Gregory Rousseau. I think that that's just 
absolutely an amazing line. One built for the future. Obviously, we are going to have to have a one technique to take over for star in time. Hopefully, I was hoping that would be Harrison Phillips, but the fact that he's inactive now when Star Latulule is playing shows me that maybe he's a little bit more dispensable. But no, this this defensive line, I, I said it coming into the season. Last year, we had an expectation for our defensive line. We brought in Quentin Jefferson. We brought in Mario Addison, and we assumed we were going to have star, and we lost Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips, but we thought, one, I thought bringing in Mario Addison and uh, and Quentin Jefferson at that point, I thought those were upgrades at that position, and we thought our defense was going to be amazing. Obviously, mm-hmm. the year happened. Star opted out. We had dudes who are normally three techniques trying to play the one in Star's position, and it just didn't work. They didn't command the double team. But now that we have Star back, this was the big thing we were just pounding the table for all offseason for people to understand is that when you have that big guy there who commands that double team, everybody else is going to eat. They got their one-on-one matchups. And, you know, we've seen it. Ed Oliver's had flashes. Like AJ Epinesa killed it this game. Rousseau killed it this game. I haven't really heard from Jerry Hughes, but that's because we've got those older guys that, you know, can take a little bit of the back seat now and can play on running downs. Like mm. we we are building this line for the future. And right now, this could be the coming out party for all these young dudes. And Gregory Rousseau's a rookie. Like, if you try to buy Gregory Rousseau's jersey right now, you can only buy it in a small. Like we love this guy. Bills Mafia loves this guy. So what do you just think about the defensive line as a whole? Because one, I think they're going to eat again this week against the Washington football team. And I didn't want to talk about to his injury. Obviously, Epinesa just laid an absolute hit on him and took him out. Uh, Tua was injured this game and Jacoby Brissett came in. A lot of people might point to that being why we won, but I don't think Tua could have done anything more than Brissett did but just this game as a whole from the defense we talked about what the offense did just the defense of a whole getting a goose egg in the nfl that's hard so what do you think about that i i honestly i'm i'm excited because i think that you know getting star back made a huge difference as far as being able to eat up linemen and let the ends go to work but Mm -hmm. we finally have a guy in in group who he's he's our version of a of a TJ Watt. He's gonna go mm-hmm. win that one on one battle and teams are gonna start double teaming him and and mm-hmm. and sometimes triple teaming him probably because <laughs> if you if you if you watch like he in the preseason and now yep. in these first couple of games, when he gets that matchup on the end, he wins a majority of the time. Oh yeah, he is he is not getting shut down very often, and mm-hmm. and that excites me because when you have a guy like that, that teams are automatically going to have to slide the line over for. Mm-hmm. We're gonna you're gonna be eating up the run game. You're gonna be eating up. You're gonna be eating up the quarterback all day long because yep now you've got Epinesa on the other side you've got Oliver on the inside you've got 
I mean, they're not going to be able to <laughs> just do that. And then if you don't slide the line over, Rousseau's got one-on-one matchups all day. Yeah. He's coming, he's coming in. He's, he's, he's going to get there. So I just think I feel that... like I, I just want to throw this in there too before I lose it. And I'm going to throw it to you because I know you'll probably be able to hit on this. He, in college, had similar numbers to... It was one less sack than that year's, what, number one pick? Was Chase Young the number one pick or the number two? Anyway, top three pick, Chase Young, who we do coincidentally play this week. And we'll talk about that when we talk about the Washington game. But is it safe to say that we got a steal at the bottom of the draft in the first round? We absolutely did. I mean, you know, you and I talked about it when you, I was so excited when we drafted him because I, mm. I've seen, I saw him play with Miami and I watch a ton of college football. Yeah. And I remembered him from some of the games I watched and the turnover and, chain. Yeah. And, and then you go and look at the numbers and it's like he played one season and had 15 sacks. Like, yeah. And you got that guy at the end of the first round, like, um, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely a steal because so, he's gonna keep doing yeah, that. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of factors as to why he fell to us at that point. Like, you know, trying to put on weight didn't put it on the right way, and you know, didn't do so well at the combine. Whatever, right? Like, he somehow fell into our laps. And I don't think a lot of us kind of went into the draft thinking we kind of need a corner, like another corner to put across from Trey, which I, I am a proponent of. I'm like the anti Levi Wallace club. I just think he's painfully average as CB2. Lee, I, I gave Levi Wallace his props this game, honestly. Like he, he played really good. And Taron Johnson, I've been an advocate for not. Uh, being a big Taron Johnson fan. Taron Johnson, while you don't hear his name a lot, even though this week he did get a sack. Like, it was... I love the fact that our secondary is playing so well, and I think a lot of that has to do with our defensive line playing amazing, too. Like, the the faster that the defensive line gets to the quarterback, the easier it makes it in coverage because that quarterback is going to have to make a decision way faster than if he's able to just sit back there in the pocket and pick you apart. So absolutely. I just loved how our defense played this whole game. And I think that one, we have a great future. I think getting Russo at the bottom of the draft, we didn't even bring up his name, Boogie Basham because he was uh, been inactive the last couple of weeks. Right. But I think that the big thing that we have to think about Boogie Basham is I think they're doing to him what they did to AJ Epinesa last year. His weight's a little bit off. (laughs) They're trying to figure out, they're molding him. He doesn't need to play this year. Get him in practice. Like our, our defensive line is set, right? And then I'm sure Mario Addison is not on this team next year. Then there's going to be a spot for Boogie. And I think they're going to have him molded into the kind of player they want, just like it took a year with AJ Epinesa. I think they're going to do the same thing with Boogie. So then we're going to have Epinesa, Boogie, Groot, and then maybe Jerry Hughes still on the back end of his career for the next couple of years. So 
I love that. I absolutely love the direction our defense is going. So before we get into the Washington game, do you have any closing thoughts on this Miami game and how the team played overall? I I, I just think that it was a uh, uh, exactly what we needed to see out of our team. They responded mm-hmm. to the loss. Not only did they respond, the defense came out and said, we're not going to give up a single point. And mm-hmm. then the offense came out and said, we're going to run the ball. We're going to try to get Josh going. And even though they struggled, they still put up 35 points. So yeah, I think that overall, how could you be mad? <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's a lot of bills mafia. Everybody's going to bitch, right? Like everybody's got something to bitch about. Like we win 35 to zero, but Josh didn't throw for 300 yards. So I, I don't know if you remember, but 2019 the big thing was is can josh throw for over 300 yards do we have a quarterback that can throw for 300 yards Mm -hmm. and that's everybody bitched about that in 2019 but honestly josh allen i don't need him to throw for 300 yards with our defense playing like this if he does oh my god that's great i don't need Mm -hmm. him to throw for 400 yards like with our defense playing like this like all I need is for our offense to because it takes a little bit longer for an offense to get it going, right? Than a defense usually does. So I think these next couple of weeks, especially against competition like the Texans, who we just watched. I don't know if you had the game on against Carolina, but you know, the Texans got smacked. So I think next week could be if this week isn't the coming out party for the Buffalo Bills offense, it's going to be the Texans. And once they start firing, it's just going to keep on going. So I can't wait. Uh, But we have an opponent this week that I think is a little bit of a wild card. Now, the Washington football team, if they had fits, honestly, I don't know who I'd be more comfortable playing against. And I, I'd like to get your take on this because Taylor Heineke, I think he's a pretty damn good quarterback. I think now, granted, they played against the Giants last week and the Giants aren't exactly, you know, the best defense, but Taylor Heineke is a baller, dude. Like coming into this week, I don't I think I might have been a little bit more. I would have been a little bit more comfortable playing fits than I would have been Taylor Heineke. But how do you feel about that? Yeah, so one, I'm glad it's not Fitz because Fitz uh, seems to be uh, our kryptonite. He always mm-hmm. seems to just go off when he plays us. <laughs> okay. Um, not saying they win because we definitely beat him. But, I mean, think about us playing uh, Miami last year when he was playing against Oh, my us. God, he was tearing that us first up. Game, he was just picking us apart. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, he gives me a little bit of a uh, heartburn whenever we have to play against him because you never yeah. know if you're getting Fitz Magic or Fitz Tragic, but whenever we play him, it always seems to be Fitz Magic. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad it's not him, but Heineke seems to have that, well, that it factor. Somehow it, he it's not always pretty, but he always seems to make plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can run. So that's that's an added factor that you gotta gotta account for. Um, yep. But overall, I agree with you. They're they're a complete wild card because they they can. Heineke's capable of making plays. Terry, mm-hmm. scary Terry, he's a baller. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so Trey's going to have his hands full there. Um, but what's interesting is they've got a guy that I'm still mad we let go. And Logan Thomas at tight end. Oh, I knew you were going to say Logan Thomas. Oh. And, you know. Matt He's a convertible Milano, quarterback, right? Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, we're the ones that did that. <laughs> and, yep. And we were taking the time to develop him, and then we let him go. And uh, now he just got paid a pretty pretty nice contract from, yep. from the Washington football team because he's turning out to be a pretty stud tight end. And Yeah. So my fear and also my, my hope is that with Matt Milano getting graded out, I, I saw an article. He has been it's like eighty nine point six. Yes, he was graded the top linebacker in the league through two weeks. Um, <laughs> so it's his time to uh, finally prove that he can cover a tight end. Um, Please, because last year he got eaten up a little bit, um, especially in these, the playoffs. Yeah, by by Kelsey and uh, which happens to a lot of guys. And I, the I, the I two for that. The two tight ends that were playing for the Colts, Doyle and what, whoever the other guy was. Yeah, they 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 ate too. But mm-hmm. um, I, I'm really hoping that uh, he can he can step up and and shut that down a little bit. But yeah, their their offense is a bit of a wild card. And then, I mean, they've got four first round draft picks on their D line. Oh and yeah, so far that D line hasn't hasn't been as good as everybody expected it to be but i think they're just off to a little bit of a slow start and i mean my god we talk about group but uh they've got chase young sitting over there and the way ro line's been playing uh if uh if Darrell williams and dawkins don't come to play josh might be running for his life well josh better figure out uh on what end whatever end that they have chase young coming off of I need Zach Moss over there to block and help out Daryl Williams, please. Like, because God damn, they've got, and they've got Montez Sweat, who's another guy that I don't like to. uh, And they've got Jonathan Allen. I mean, mm -hmm. they've got four first rounds. That's not fair. (laughs) Yeah. Jonathan Allen, uh, Kendall Fuller, they also have on their defense. He ended up with a sack last week. So did Montez Sweat. Just, their their front seven is nasty. Every single mm-hmm. time I've talked about this game with people, I'm like, the front seven is nasty. The back half of their defense is a little suspect, but you know they can sometimes get the job done. Obviously, last week I can go over the passing stats, but you know they got 228 yards thrown on them, which you know they also got 163 rushing yards put up on them, which really gives me hope that this game could still be if they realize that we can run the ball because one of the big things that I saw when I went back and I actually watched the Giants-Washington football team game is, one, a lot of those rushing yards just came off of big ripping like plays. like They weren't like they like ran it down their throat so hard. It was like, no, like one big play like from Saquon or you know a lot of those yards came from just like a couple of really big plays. But one of the big things was they just let Daniel Jones like oh, that. I am hoping we followed that blueprint because Daniel Jones was running was just, wild. It was just running. He was like, he, okay, they're going to let me just run. I'll run. Like he, 
if he they, had another like 60 yarder uh called back yeah for a penalty he would have had like 150 yards rushing by himself and two touchdowns yeah. so if the new york giants offensive line can give daniel jones that much time and then him being able to just run i have full confidence that the buffalo bills offensive line is going to be able now obviously the game plan is going to be different i think washington's going to come in knowing that josh allen will tear him apart like that they were probably daring daniel jones to kind of do that to them when they know josh allen will do that to them so i think that the game plan is going to be a little bit different i still think however that the bills i'm i'm gonna stick to it this is the bills offense coming out party like I think that the defense is going to do their thing and the offense is finally you're going to see the death from a thousand cuts come from either Beasley or we, actually to end the show off I want to go over the injury report going into this week um obviously when we talk about it this is Thursday's injury report you will be listening to this on Friday so if you want the most updated one go check out Bills PR on Twitter and also on Facebook. Probably if you just follow at built in Buffalo on all the platforms, they'll definitely get you that list and you'll be able to find that. But man, this, this game, I think it's the coming out party for the offense. What do you think this game really looks like? I think it's going to be a really big defensive battle, but I think the offense comes out on top for us. I I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. I'm thinking maybe Mm -hmm. like, 24 to 17 or 24 okay. to 14 something like that because I, I think the defense I think overall our defense is just better top to bottom um, yeah I don't obviously Josh is in a league above Heineke um, mm-hmm. my my biggest thing is I'm really really hoping Dable watched the tape of the Giants game and he's going to go in there and he's going to run a lot of read option a lot of mm-hmm. a heavy dose of singletary and moss because i think if he can do that then that is going to free up josh to hit some plays down the field finally yeah um and and honestly that's what we need to do to take the pressure off of him take the pressure off of off of uh the o-line we just need to to really really establish the run yeah and thankfully i have faith in that because i've seen especially last week they came in knowing that it was going to start raining eventually and then when it started raining like we just ran the ball and i thankfully we did that we ran it effectively and they pretty much showed why singletary and moss are on this team and I loved it. Obviously, love the <laughs> love the Zach Moss business decision that he put on Roberts, just oh absolutely killing him. That was that was the absolute best run of the game. That didn't get put on angry runs on Good Morning Football, uh, even though it. <laughs> well, apparently their rule is that it injured a player during the play, so they didn't want to, you know, highlight some a player injuring another player. But yeah, most people, most people, knew. yeah, <laughs> most people know, like they, they know, like Zach Moss absolutely bullied that man. But 
Going into this week, we have a lengthy injury report, Adam, and we're going to use this to close out the show here. But four of these are vet rest. So Mario Addison, Cole Beasley, Jerry Hughes, and Emmanuel Sanders, vet rest. Don't have to worry about them. Uh, they will be playing. There's no, you know, there's no real worry when it comes to those guys. But some of the worries do come with uh, Gabe Davis with an ankle. Uh, he's been limited on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, I, d- I don't know. I, I think, too, with, when it comes to Gabe Davis, our wide receiver room is stacked. If Gabe Davis is hurt and not ready to come back, like last week he played technically, but he didn't do anything. He was kind of just out there to try to free up another receiver. Like he he was on very limited like very limited snap count. I don't know why I'm having a brain fart here. Very limited snap count. And he didn't do much. He wasn't factored into the game that much. And that's because he was hurt. So to see him limited again this week, like if he's not ready, don't play him. I mean, we got Kumaro sitting back there. Like we got guys that can sit there and take that position to let Gabe Davis get healthy. So I kind of think his situation is going to be, limited limited and then on friday he'll also be limited and game status will be questionable so uh just what do you think about gabe davis because obviously we want gabe davis to be the most successful gabe davis he can be so if he's hurt i don't think he should play honestly i i was a little mad that he played last week and yeah um yeah i I don't know why kumaro is so devalued by in general i mean i know we value him but yeah let the guy play and because when we get to the the big time showdowns coming up uh we need gabe i mean i need him healthy we we saw what it looked like in the playoffs without him and Mm -hmm. and and that hurts us big time we need him we need his downfield big play making ability um yep and so i hope they rest him I hope they do too. I hope they call up someone else. I would really love to see Gabriel Davis just being an inactive just because they want to, you know, use that spot to bring up a guy like Kumaro who can, you know, kind of play the position the same way, you know, being a bigger guy. And yeah, I would love for it to be limited, 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 and then questionable. And then he doesn't play next one. Tremaine Edmonds heat illness. He's been a full participant on Wednesday and Thursday. Think he's going to be full again on Friday. There's no real worries when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds. I think they just had to put him on there because I, I don't know. Maybe it was serious enough that they had to report it. But apparently, he looks perfectly fine. So yeah, well, we we learned our lesson with not reporting injuries and then getting in trouble. So <laughs> yeah, and he's definitely not going to have to deal with the heat this week because it's going to be a nice cloudy day, 66 degrees. Gotta love it. So then, yep, the next one is Micah Hyde with a neck injury. Uh, He's been limited the last two days. Uh, When it comes to this, we haven't really heard about severity, right? So, like, if it was actually serious, like, he'd have a DNP on there, right? Mm -hmm. So, he definitely, I think he's going to be, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, my neck, my neck's kind of sore. Okay, we got to put it on the injury report. So limited, limited. He'll probably be a full participant on Friday. I kind of see him as just, I, 
we haven't heard that it's serious enough that he was actually going. He's a day. It's a day to day thing, so it's not really mm-hmm. that serious. Uh, when you see neck there, obviously you're a little bit more like, oh, you know, it's a neck. But I think Micah Hyde's fine. Uh, same thing with Dane Jackson. It's like a knee. It says limited, limited again. See a lot of our uh, a lot of our secondary here. Uh, kind of a little bit banged up after the game, but I think Dane Jackson limited. I, I've noticed a trend when I'm seeing a lot of this. It's always limited, limited, full, and then good for the game. So Dane Jackson being hurt, uh, hopefully it's nothing serious. I mean, Levi Wallace did show a little bit more last week, but uh, Dane Jackson in the place where he did have to come in for Levi Wallace also looked really good. This is the one that concerns me the most. Starla Tulele with a groin injury. He did not play on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday. And I think he's going to be limited tomorrow, too, or today for people listening to this. I think he's going to be limited again and then questionable for this week. I think he's the groin injury just kind of popped up. I don't know what it is with Star Latulale. He was out the first game with a calf, and now it's a groin. Like, what's going on? Did he lose too much weight? Is he is he just kind of, you know, still trying to get adjusted to playing at the weight he's at? Like, and he's kind of, you know, tweaking some things and things are working. Like a DMP to limited is kind of like obviously it's a good sign from going from DNP to limited but I still think that this could lead to a reduction in snaps that he gets this week. And that's big because Starla Tulele, we talked about it during this podcast, you know, was a pretty big part of what our defense did last week. Yeah. I'm, uh, uh, that concerns me. Uh, the fact that he went from DMP to limited is a positive sign that it might be yeah. just minor. Um, yeah. We need him out there. And, uh, I'm hoping that uh, it's just a minor thing. What what I've tended to see is lately, it seems like a lot of people are showing up on the injury report. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a push by the NFL to make sure that every minor thing is documented or what. But, I mean, just from playing fantasy football, it's like every – like I had three or four guys on every one of the leagues I'm in is questionable for the week, and it's like, yeah, he he has a he has a boo boo on his knee, and now he's questionable. <laughs> like, can we can yeah. we just report the the serious stuff, or can Cut. we make him questionable when he doesn't practice all week? Got a little bit of turf burn. Uh, yeah, won't be able, like questionable, like. I, I don't get it. Hopefully, it's not that serious. We need Star this week. Uh, if Star doesn't play, Harrison Phillips will obviously be active. And I think that while Harrison is a good backup, I think at the one tech position, he just doesn't command the double team like Star Lakulale does. Uh, next one, FA Obata calf injury, but he was full for both days. So it must be some like minor thing, like he has a bruise on his calf or something. And then the last one, and this kind of harkens back to Dane Jackson, is Levi Wallace with a knee injury went from full on Wednesday to limited on Thursday. 
which and means that's... they had him do a full practice, and then he was probably pretty sore. Yeah. So they wanted to rest him for the game. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see another limited or maybe even a DMP. I would love to see a limited for Levi Wallace today and then questionable for game time because obviously when you have limited, limited, like usually it has to be full, limited, full, and then he would be full go for the game. But I think he'll probably be listed as questionable, but I think he'll play. Same with Dane Jackson. And even though the Bills injury report is long, again, like – Two of them are injuries that the players were full participants in two practices. And then four of them were vet, like vet rest. So really you technically have what you've got. Gabe Davis, Micah Hyde, Dane Jackson, Starr, and Levi Wallace. So there's technically really five people that you have to worry about. Not the whatever ten or nine that are listed on here. So... Yeah, I think that going into this week, we're definitely going to be banged up just a little bit, but I don't think that it's going to be serious enough to where we have to put the outcome of the game in jeopardy. So, I agree. Final thoughts. I want to get just like a prediction. What did you say? You said this was going to be a low scoring game. What was the score that you said? I'm going to go 20 to 14. 20 to 14. Okay. I'm going to say this is a 27 to 10 game. Uh, I believe that that is also what I said last week for the Dolphins game, and we shut them out 35 to zero. So maybe I'll just keep saying 27 to 10 every single week, and we'll do really good. But no, Adam, as always, dude, it was awesome having you on here. Obviously, we talk all the time, but being on the podcast, you know, it's a little bit different because other people listen to the conversation that we have so it's definitely really awesome to have you on here and you know i know you have a twitter now i'm sure you probably don't want a lot of people following you but you know adam does have a twitter now so if anybody wants to go uh, find him you can just look through the people i follow and you will find him he doesn't do much but he is on the twitter so <laughs> you can find him there but a bill's twitter <laughs> yeah, it's just a bill's twitter so if you are interested in that Go check it out. If you're interested in all the stuff that I do, all of my stuff, you'll be able to find it at Jake the Bills fan on Twitter. And you'll be able to see my face all over Built in Buffalo stuff on all of the platforms and on the live shows that I do on Monday with some news coming around. Might be changing up. So make sure to stay tuned and watch all of the social medias for any stuff like that coming out. I want to thank you again for listening to the coolest show and Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I have been your host, Jake, and I will see all of you guys next week.